I don't know if anybody else has felt it, but something different is happening. Something new, Pad, in the spirit. I can't, I can't identify it or put my finger right on it. But as I was talking to my wife today, and she, we were reflecting on things about people. There is no way the enemy is going to fight something that has no value. Well, that was not an amen. There's no way the enemy is going to fight something that has no value. You get that, Ronnie? The enemy will leave you alone as long as your value doesn't start to grow. But when your value starts to rise, when your value starts to rise, my message today is rise up. But when you're when your value starts to rise, the enemy is going to step in and try to defeat everything that you can accomplish for your life and for the kingdom of God. Will you say with me, I need to rise up. <clears throat> Turn to somebody and look them in the eye and say, I need to rise up. There you go. Isaiah 60 verse 1 a verse we've read so many times. I'm reading this in the Living Bible. It says, Arise, my people. Let your light shine forth for all the nations to see. What's the key word? Arise. Arise, my people. Let your light shine for all nations to see. For the glory of the Lord is streaming from you. Now, the original, or not the original, just the King James Version says, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. But really what it means, I uncovered it before I ever had this translation, it's the glory of the Lord coming forth from you, streaming from you. So you have to rise to the occasion, rise up to the ability that you have, knowing that, yes, the enemy's going to fight, but greater is that spirit that dwells in you than that spirit that is in the world. And you cannot be defeated as long as God is on your side. So I say, arise, my people. Say that with me, arise, my people. It's time for you to show forth the glory of God. It's time for you to let it stream forth from you. I don't know about you, but I need, Abraham, I need to rise to a new level. I need to, let me say that again. I need to rise to a new level. I don't think we're catching it back there, Ronnie. We better rise to a new level. I need that new level. I need that new, need that new dimension. I need to experience, and I'm saying this for all of us, when I say I, I mean all of us. We need to experience what the Lord has for us. Because he's got something far better than you've ever experienced up to this time. We need to rise from our present condition into our created purpose. Are you catching that statement? We need to rise from our present condition into our created purpose because everyone seated here today has a created purpose you say well, you don't know where I came from I came from lower Alabama LA I came from Arkansas I came from the ghetto I, I don't care where you came from God has a purpose Fred for your life and that's why we have to arise Jeff 
We have to rise to the occasion. We have to rise up in order to let the glory of the Lord stream from us in such a way to where we, let me say this, and I, I say this with all honesty, really. The church of Jesus Christ is suffering. Why is it suffering? Not because of Jesus, but because the people are no longer streaming forth the glory of the Lord. And because we're not streaming forth the glory, very few people are coming into the house of the Lord anymore. We're not coming together as a family. It's not important anymore. I say it's time for us to rise up and take the bull by the horns. It's time to rise up and take the reins of the horse again and say we're going to guide the horse and the horse ain't going to guide us. Amen. So we need to move from our present condition into our created purpose. And today, everybody say today. Today is your day. Today is your day for God to move on your behalf. See, that makes it personal. Makes it personal. I don't know about you, but there are people sitting here that need a miracle. Today is your day for God to move on your behalf. And if you can believe it, and you can feel it, and you can say it, you can have it. Now, I want to say this. I watched a program the other day that echoed what I've preached for the last 20 years. as a new discovery. Guess what it was? What you say, your body's listening to. I've been preaching it for 20 years. We need to start... Marking time with our words and understand our words are literally moving us into our destiny, moving us in our purpose and plan. Matter of fact, our words are bringing us into healing. Our words are giving us solution. The, our words are starting to bring connectivity in the body of Christ. So I speak today a blessing over you. You say, well, what does that matter? You just heard it, didn't you? So it goes into you internally and you say within yourself, yes, Lord, amen, I receive my blessing. That's the way you do it. That's the way you receive it. God, I feel good today, Pastor Kenny. Man, I feel good today. I feel the essence of the Lord all around me. I feel the vibration of the Holy Spirit working in my life right now. So whatever you can say and sense and feel, you can have it, but what do you say? What do I need to say today as I rise up? Oh, get this. I am desperate. Does anybody know what desperate means? Have you ever been thirsty on a hot summer day and you need some water and you just dying for thirst? That's desperate. I am desperate for a touch. I must rise. I just can't stay stagnant any longer. I have to rise, Fred. I have to rise. I have to rise. I have to go beyond myself. I have to go beyond the things that I sense and feel around little old Allen. Because it's far greater than little old Allen. It's the body of Christ. It's the world that God has given his, that Jesus gave his life for. I want to say that statement again. I'm desperate for a touch. Why? Because we must rise. We just can't stay stagnant any longer. That's why these these. These uh, small groups are so important because you come together and you talk. Yesterday they were testifying, talking about the goodness of the Lord. You know what? We don't get together and murmur and gossip and complain. Start telling about what God's done for you. 
You'll be amazed what God will do for you if you'll talk about what he's already done. I am desperate. I am hungry. I need the Holy Spirit to touch me today. I need to rise up into his presence. I need the spirit of life. How many people need the spirit of life? I need the spirit of life to embrace me and bring change. That's a powerful statement. I need the spirit of life to reach down and embrace me and bring change. Because how many people know our, our, our flesh nature is not about getting change? We want to hold on to the same old, same old, don't we? But boy, when the spirit gets involved. He breathes on us and things begin to change. He speaks into our darkness and brings light. He speaks onto the floods and the floods separate. He speaks to the land that is not, uh, it's not appearing, it appears. I don't know about you, but I'm serious about my situation. Are you serious? I'm serious. So Lord, I cannot and I will not let go. I cannot and will not say that I cannot and I will not. Let go. Why do you say that, Bishop? It's like me falling off a cliff holding on to a rope. I can't let go. Because if I let go, I'm going to perish. Same thing with the Spirit. I can't let go. I have to have the Holy Spirit. I have to have God moving Abraham in my life. I have to hear him talk to me in the morning, in the midnight hour. I have to hear God. I dreamed last night about people, again, about people that's gone on. They've, they've inhabited my dreams for weeks now. What are they trying to say? What are they trying to do? I know they're bringing comfort to me. But what is that world trying to say, that dimension trying to say? It's trying to say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready for the greatest move of God on the planet Earth. It's happening. When you see things start to fall off, you see things start to wane, you see people starting to walk away, don't you walk away, walk toward the fire. God, I feel good today. Turn to somebody and say, I feel pretty good. Jeff, we don't need you to quit, son. We need you to get better. Ronnie, we don't need you to, 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 to not be in church. I'm gonna put, the reason I'm hitting on him because... This week, he, he was in my mind a lot. Amen. The enemy wins when we don't stay placed. Yeah. Yeah. Turn to somebody and say, stay in your place. Now, how many people know I love everybody in this building? There's not one person I don't love in here. You can say, well, you don't love me. Yes, I do. Don't call me a liar. Sanja, do I love you? Are you sure? Michael, do you love me? Do I love you? Scott? You say, why am I doing this? Because I think we forget that this whole thing works because of our love for one another. Whole thing works because of love. So I cannot and I will not let go. Reminds me of Genesis 32. Here we see Brother Jacob. Brother Jacob needs an answer. Brother Jacob needs a touch. When I say Brother Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he needed something that he could not get for, him, for himself. How I many people know there's some things you can't get for yourself? You've tried and it hadn't worked. 
Can I be honest? Let's say it. How many raise your hand and say, I've tried it and couldn't do it myself? You can't do it on your own sometimes. You can't, Valerie. <clears throat> no, you're good at it, but you can't do it all the time on your own. But here's Jacob. He needs something. <clears throat> He's in a family crisis. How many people have been in family crisis before? He's, he's wrestling with the spirit of the Lord. He's wrestling with an angelic being. Some say it was Christ before he was manifested as the babe in the manger. That's what some theologians say. But nevertheless, here's what the rec records. Jacob's wrestling with that spirit trying to get an answer. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, that the angelic being, he said, Jacob's doing a good job of holding on to me. He touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. Now, if you've never had a joint out of joint, it hurts. My shoulder pops in and out of joint. Let me tell you, it smarts. He touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh and was out of joint, and as he wrestled with him, <clears throat> He said, the angel said, let me go. Let me go. Now watch this. For the day breaks. Something happens in the miraculous around 3 o'clock in the morning, by the way. I want to tell you all that. If you're ever wondering about it, it's around 3 o'clock in the morning. Am I right? It's around 3. Something very heavy is happening. Has anybody else experienced that but me? And as he said, let me go for the day breaks. The dawn is coming. And he said, Jacob said, watch this. You may be an angel and a messenger of God. You may even be the son of God. Now watch this. According to what theologian you want to believe. I will not let you go. Say that back to me. Say it again like you mean it. Jacob said, I will not let you go except you bless me. Abraham, I'm not going to let him go until I'm healed. I'm not going to let him go until I prosper. I'm not going to let him go until I get the wisdom that I need. I'm not going to let him go until I see you healed, saved, and delivered. I'm not going to let him go until I see the satanic principle broken over your life. I'm not going to let him go. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. I'm a man like anybody else in this room. No, I, have to be, I can't be gender specific. I'm a man and a woman. Like anybody else in this room. I'm kind of tired of that too. Everybody's getting so sensitive. I mean, come on. Come on, some of you, one of the greatest gifts on the planet Earth are women. Did I just tell the truth? I'm telling you I did. God created woman to be a blessing. And why in the world, now the world's trying to mess with it and trying to cause some problems. I say leave it alone. Oh, anyway, I, excuse me, I'm sorry. But I'm not going to let go until you bless me. 
Now the patriarch Jacob, he wrestled with the angel of God. But we say today, as we did just a moment ago, we will not let you go until you touch me. I need a touch. I need to rise up into the presence of God and get a touch. I need to rise up and wrestle until I get my promise. I wrote this early this morning. I must rise. Now, this is something that's heavy, but it's simple to say. I must rise to meet my expectation. Oh, that's, you need to hear that. God gave me that. He said, I must rise to meet my expectation. I will not let go of what I expect until I see the results. I will not let go of what I expect the results to be. So when I heard that, I have certain expectations, <clears throat> but they'll never come to pass until I rise to that occasion. I have to rise to my expectation. Am I making sense now? Amen. If you don't rise to it, you'll never apprehend it. You'll never take hold of it. Is that good stuff? Yes, I will rise to that expectation. You say, well, I want to be a great uh, uh, financier. Then rise to that expectation. Don't sit around on the street corner thinking you're going to rise to that expectation. Right, Damon? So you have to make a decision. I'm going to rise to that thing. So I will not let go of what I expect the results to be. In Matthew 9, 27, I'm not going to keep you a long time, just another two hours. In Matthew 9, 27, the Bible says, Jesus was out doing his ministry. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him crying, saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Verse 28, and when he was coming to the house, here he is, he's walking around, they're crying. Sounds like a lot of people in church. Yeah. Crying, and he goes into the house. He's just doing what Jesus does. So he goes in the house away from the crowd. And when Jesus was coming to the house, the blind men came into him. They wouldn't leave him alone. And Jesus said unto them, after he saw them, he said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said unto him, uh, yes, Lord. King James, yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes after they said, yes, Lord. Didn't you play a song? Was that yes, Lord, you played or was that something else? Oh, it's fall in love with Jesus. I thought it was yes, Lord. But you do understand what they're doing here. He touched them and they, well, let's just read it again. He touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it done unto you. Now, there's such a powerful statement there that most people preach over it and go. I'm going to go back to it. And their eyes were open and Jesus straightly charged them saying, see that no man know it. Yes, Lord, we believe. <clears throat> How many people know they could say, yes, Lord, I believe, but if they didn't believe in their heart, guess what would have happened? Thank you. They'd have been as blind as they were the day before. You can't lie to Jesus. Yes, Lord, we believe that you're more than able. So follow this thinking. The touch 
the touch, the blessing, the touch, the blessing requires faith in order for the miracle to occur. That means you must believe that he is even when you don't feel it. Even when you don't see it, even when everybody around you is telling you you're, you're missing the mark, you don't know what you're talking about, you got to say, I know in whom I believe and I'm persuaded that he is able. You have to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Faith is not something that you cannot, uh, uh, and I'm totally against somebody saying to someone else, well, you don't have enough faith. Let me tell you, you have enough faith. All you got to do is rise to the expectation. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You have enough faith, just rise to the expectation. If you've got a faith as little old grain of mustard seed, you got enough to make it work. The touch requires faith in order for the miracle to occur. But Bishop, I hear you talking. Do you realize I need to rise up today because I need a miracle, Fred? I need a miracle. And I don't have much to work with. But I could preach this all day. I'm not going to. I don't have much to work with. Well, let's look at John, the second chapter, verse 1. I'll try to read this as fast as possible. I know many of y'all don't want to read the Bible, but I do. John 2, verse 1. And the third day came, and there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now notice, the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. So they showed up. Just like I would if I was invited. And you had good enough cake, I'd come. But man, these people had cake and wine. What more could you want? Why y'all laughing? You know it's true. I know my Brazil connection is what I'm talking about. I, we got Brazil connections. We got Nigerian connections. We got all kinds of connections in here. And both Jesus was called and his disciples in the marriage. And when they wanted wine, <laughs> only the Baptist can turn the wine into grape juice. Oh, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone, Vincent. But only certain denominations can turn the wine into grape juice. So I'm going to leave that alone. I don't y'all be mad at me. <clears throat> I'll go home today and be hurt if you're mad at me. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, who? Him. Notice this. She didn't go to nobody else. She went right to the man. Right to her son that she knew who he was. She goes right to him. There's not much to work with. And she says to Jesus, they have no wine. Really? Watch Jesus. He said to her, uh, mom, woman, what do I have to do with all this stuff? This is not me. This is what I'm called to do. I'm not no, no bartender. Come on now, stay with me. Mom, y'all can get offended with me, but I'm telling you, this is what the Spirit is moving in this verse right now. Mom, I'm not, I'm not called for this. I'm not no bartender. Woman, what do I have to do with you? My hour has not yet come. It's not time for me. 
Now watch this. This is so cool. His mother didn't even answer him back. Like moms do. When they ask you to do, to do something, they only ask you one time. So some of you moms that ask your kids ten times to do something, you're, making, you're missing something. You're just missing it. If you ask them more than one time, you're wrong. You need to say one time and that's it. That's the law. That's what's going to happen. Well, what my daddy said, son, I'll ask you one time. He asked me one time to come into the house one night. He went to the door. He said, son, it's time to come in. I was out playing on the streets. You know how guys do. I was 12, 13 years old. He said, son, it's time to come in. He asked me one time. When I came in several hours later, who was standing there waiting for me in his underwear? When I opened that door, there was my daddy. He said, son, what did I say? I said, I don't remember. He said, did I ask you to come in? I said, yes, sir. He said, I asked you one time. And he beat the pure living devil out of me. That's the last whipping I got because I learned my lesson. Some of you guys that don't believe, spoil the, you, spoil, you spare the rod, you'll spoil the child. And that's absolutely correct because I would have been a hell raiser if my daddy hadn't beat the hell out of me. Does that offend anybody? It's just the truth. My daddy had to take charge. So let me go back to my point. When daddy said one time, son, I need you. Boom, I was there. So mom here, mom Jesus said to Jesus, didn't even answer him. She already told him what she needed. She says to his servants, Whatever he asked you to do, do it. Can you see Jesus now going, really? <laughs> it's just fact. I see it as a reality. Really, mom? And there were six, there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. Does anybody know what those pots were used for? What? What? And feet for cleansing. You said, okay, you're going to ask me, you're going to do what I say. Give me those, get those pots. Get them, give me those stone pots. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. Now notice, if y'all aren't bored, I'll give you a little insight here. Amen. They filled the pots to the brim with what? Now, let me ask you this question. Who did it? Who filled the water to the top? What? Absolutely. There's a difference. Why didn't, she, why didn't they ask the disciples to do it? Come on, you theologians. Who just talked? Somebody just talked. Say it again, John. No. Well, that's part of it. The disciples did not know they would have moved in unbelief. Now, follow this thinking. Why does a servant do what a servant is told to do? Because that's his job. The disciples, it wasn't their job, so they would have moved in. Oh, I don't know if he can do this or not. I ain't going to make a fool out of myself. And now are you catching it? I'm just giving you a little insight. 
If you think I'm wrong, go to another church and they'll tell you something, whatever they want to tell you. They'll be wrong because that's exactly what happened that day. So the servants were used because the servants had no say in it. The disciples could have said, well, I don't know if he can do that. I, I, you know, hey. They had not seen him do nothing yet. And Jesus said to them, draw out now, draw out that water. Now the servants knew this. The disciples could have never done this because he commanded the servants to do it. His mother's already said whatever he says, do, do it. He says, draw out the water. Now take out the water unto the governor of the feast. And they took it to the governor of the feast. Now watch this. Don't you know you'd have felt stupid? <clears throat> Remember what we're talking about. I don't feel like I've got enough. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made to wine, not to grape juice. We have so confused the word of God in the world. Thinks we're, that's why the world laughs at us. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made to wine and knew not where it came from, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, every man at the beginning does set forth good wine. And when you've drunk, watch, and when you've well drunk, has anybody ever done that before? Watch this, Vincent. And when they had well drunk, then they bring out the stuff that ain't so good. They bring the what do they call that gut wash? Uh, rock gut. Thank you. Christian, Christian knows. That's when you bring out the rock gut. First you're getting the prime. Then at the end of the evening you're getting rock gut. Am I making sense yet? This was the beginning of the miracles. But remember, I, I've said all that to let you know there was not anything there. You say, I don't have enough. What do you have in your hand? That's a whole other message. What do you have today? Are you willing to dream? Are you willing to walk in greater expectation? Are you willing to believe that this church can be far greater than it's ever been before? It's all up to you. It's you going home today and saying, I know it's going to happen. Why? Because we're a part of it. I'm almost ready to close. Bishop, I so need to rise up. I so need Jesus. I really need to feel that touch. You say, will he touch me? Now, let me say this. He will touch you because it is his desire to touch you. Matthew 8, three verses. Matthew 8, 1 through 3. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make, you can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately, what happened? The leprosy was healed. Now hear me as I start to put a caboose on this message. We're like the woman that had the issue of blood. She crawled through the crowd to get to the hem of the garment of Jesus Christ. Today I come. We all come together and we crawl through our unbelief. We crawl through our inabilities. We crawl through those things, those, those dead thoughts, those dead ideas. Follow me now as I say this. She crawled past her inhibitions. She crawled past <coughs> her sickness. She crawled past her doubts. To touch 
to rise to the occasion and touch the hem of the garment of Jesus Christ. She crawled past all those things that would hold her down. She crawled past those things and said, I will rise up. She said with her actions, I will not let go until you bless me. What are you saying, Bishop? We will rise in this season of resurrection. This is a resurrection season. We will rise. I can't and I won't stay here in this condition any longer. I'm going to rise up. We used to sing a song for I'll rise again. Ain't no devil in hell going to hold me down. <laughs> 